Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have, as usual, when we start our happy hour, some really good news. Yay. Give me that good news. (laughs) After being in power now for five and a half years, Senate Republicans have finally issued their first subpoena on the corrupt criminal enterprise known as the Obama administration. Better late than never. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's just a few people are in prison or whatever and destitute. Some are in hiding. But, you know, at least they're they're delivering now. Right. I mean, this speaks to, I think, the underlying rage of the rank and file Republicans, especially Trump supporters, that once again, we see Republicans making all kinds of threats and promises, squandering, abdicating their power while House Democrats have run roughshod over Republicans in the Trump administration. And these guys, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, go down the list, Richard Burr cannot refuse to get their act together to for fair, fair play. Well, you know, Lindsey's been writing letters. I mean, to be fair, (laughs) there have been some letters written, if I understand the situation correctly. And so, you know, there's that. These people have not absorbed why Trump won because they continue the business of as of you excuse me the business as usual of selling out the base of the party which is the most of the party because most of the party like 95 percent of the party approves of the president his performance and also of his agenda and yet we see the same thing that got us to Trump Remember when Trump was elected and even those establishment Republicans, which are the same as the Democrats, they're pulling out their hair. This is an aberration. This is an outrage. This guy's a freak. He's a carnival barker. But they didn't understand what the victory meant. And so now he's in office. And it's like they're instead of taking a lesson and saying, hey, you know, I think there's a message to be learned here. They're just like, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to we're going to continue the same like where we obstruct our own party. So whatever. So, well, this subpoena was issued by Ron Johnson, the a senator from uh, Wisconsin, <clears throat> and it's not, unfortunately, targeting any Russiagate, Obamagate uh, conspirators, perpetrators, but it's a start. So his um, Homeland Senate, Homeland Security Committee voted Thursday to uh, issue a subpoena for Blue Star Strategies, which Blue Star always makes me think of Wall Street. I just keep, you know, the movie Wall Street because. Yeah. But anyway, Blue Star Strategies, which is a Democratic public relations firm that did consulting work for Burisma, the corrupt Ukrainian energy company that paid Hunter Biden gazillions of dollars, even though he can't speak Ukrainian and has no background in energy. Um, And so they want to know basically what Blue Star was doing, lobbying on behalf of this corrupt Ukrainian gas company lobbying State Department officials in the Obama administration. The firm is run by a former Clinton top aide to Bill Clinton. And so they want to. So finally, we they issued the subpoena to get records and documents related to their contacts with uh, the State Department and presumably also Hunter Biden and uh, U.S. people who served on that Burisma's board. So that's what we got. 
Well, you know, do you expect this to be a vigorous um, cross examination? <laughs> I mean, I mean, are you expecting like? That's so it, cute. It, it's not going to be like the Democrats who spend a week leaking bad information to set the narrative in like the New York Times or the Washington Post and stuff. Like the Republicans aren't going to put on that kind of show. They're just going to be like, so if you could be any tree, what <laughs> tree would you be? It's not going to be, it's not going to be at all. It, it's it's going to be, it's going to be another joke. I think this is an election year and some of these people are up for re-election, like Mr. Lindsey Graham mm-hmm. and some other people that want to keep their, keep their seats. And so they are making a gesture. Um, but when push comes to shove, I don't think that this is going to be particularly satisfying because it isn't the the Ukraine corruption isn't a partisan issue. It's not like just the Democrats. It's it, it's on both sides. So I don't I don't right. think it's in their interest to, uh, you know, say anything to do to really like upset the apple cart. That's just my cynical opinion. Well, I think they're kind of doing it now, right? They're going to try to play both sides. So the clock is running down. There's a good chance Republicans will lose control of the Senate um, in November. So they're trying to appease, say, Ron Johnson or Lindsey Graham. They're trying to appease their base um, in uh, at back home, the Trump base, who are infuriated that not one person has let not not even held criminally responsible, but publicly accountable, right? Yeah. So all of these hearings, et cetera, that Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, um, uh, and now Ron Johnson have promised to hold and documents that they've threatened to uh, obtain, um, you know, they're, I think you're right. This is a little exercise in futility. Appease the base till after November. Then when they lose, say, well, kind of what the House Republicans did in 2017 and 2018, um, despite Devin Nunes' best efforts, sidelining him for eight months with an ethics, bogus ethics probe, they did really whatever they could to, to sidetrack the investigation into Obamagate, and Senate Republicans are doing this as well. Um, so we'll, oh, that's we'll see. Yeah, they'll be like, look, we did. We had hearings. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. No, that that's like when they were like, we put Trey Gowdy, he, he investigated Benghazi. No, no, we, look, we did it. We showed up. We're there, right? We did. We had our, our hearing. It, it's it, the longer this goes on, the angrier and angrier the public is getting. I mean, bef- think of how outrageous things have gotten since Trump was elected in 2016. I mean, you, right. you have the circumstances that led to Trump getting elected, which was just an utter rejection of the uniparty and the elite that run the government. And and now after Trump was elected, everything is laid bare even 10 times worse than people could have imagined. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever found yourself trying to explain the Russia hoax to somebody who's like not red pilled or like not even following politics, right? Just like a, a muggle or whatever, like I call them a regular person, and you've tried to explain what happened with the Russia collusion hoax, you sound like you are insane. You sound (laughs) crazy. 
No one would believe you. And you, there's like a hundred branches of the different corruptions and the crazy things. No one believes you. That's how bad it is. So it's only going right. to get worse. I mean, I, I don't know how this is. It's not going to resolve. It's going to get worse. So it, it is. It isn't. And I want to, I don't know if this is going to translate, Liz, but I'm going to try. So um, Tucker Carlson had this great rant and clips of Republicans. Oh, I can play it. Do you want me to play it? Yes. Do you have, can you insert can, that? Or? Well, you know what? You know what, Julie? Let's find out. You know, either you're about to hear Tucker Carlson or you're about to hear some some silence and us cutting back to us talking because this is what my um, this is my technical skills. Do you know anybody who trusts the government anymore? There's a reason for that. And by the way, it's not just Democrats you should blame. The vast majority of the Russian collusion investigation occurred during the first two years of this administration. Who ran the government then? At the time, Republicans controlled both houses of Congress and every single committee by definition. They had the power to expose this hoax and to shut it down, but they did not. It's Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and Richard Burr and so many of the other useless Senate Republicans. Total phonies. They didn't really do anything. Richard Burr. He is calling uh, Don Trump Jr. back. Senator Burr, who's well-respected, he doesn't want to be lied to. He wants to get to the bottom of what happened. Republican Senator Richard Burr had served the president's son with a subpoena. Can you explain why the Republican would want to do that? Gowdy disputes Trump's spy claim. I think Gowdy's appearance was disgraceful. According to Gowdy, the FBI ran it by the book how the Americans would have wanted them to run the investigation. Really? Give, Give me a break. You said, I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what Americans would want them to do. There was no spy. Have you seen any evidence of that? I have not. I would think you would want the FBI to find out whether or not there was any validity to what those people were saying. The FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do. He says the FBI did exactly what we should want them to do. The number one question I get asked from Americans is why no one has gone to jail and been held accountable. It was Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy that wouldn't give us that subpoena power. We didn't send out a single subpoena, not one. I supported the Mueller investigation because I didn't know. Senator, we're talking about a shredding of constitutional law due process that we would ever have. You say that Mueller is a good guy, right? That's been my experience, yes. And you'll do anything necessary to protect him from being uh, interfered with? Uh, absolutely. Well, and I've it's got, all been got... Where's Director Ray, though? I've got a lot of people yelling at me tonight. He's not doing his job. And you'll do anything necessary to protect him? Uh, absolutely. Somebody that every American should trust. Mr. Mueller. Bob Mueller, it was an excellent appointment. He, he will go wherever the facts lead him. He will have great uh, credibility. People want you to move on this, Senator. Are you going to do it? Yeah, but I've told you and I'll tell you again. Total phonies who tell you they're representing you, but don't. Explain why they didn't really do anything to stop the derailment of America while it was in progress. Okay. Wow. That was a pretty, that's, I don't know. Do you know who did that? I don't know, but that was quite the rant. And you know what? He probably could have gone on for like another two hours with more examples. Oh, my God. Two hours. It would be like a week of nonstop clips from the last three years of these people. And and the most important thing about this is that you notice that the Republicans, air quotes, these Gowdy, Lindsey Graham, for Mitch McConnell, they're on the side of the Democrats. They right. were all, they're like, no, we have to believe Bob Mueller. We have to let them do their job. They did not know, they did not 
get what's going on. They've been in power. All of the people who I just mentioned, they have been in office for a long time. They have seen the way the Democrats and the left operates, and they still don't seem to get it. And the reason is because they're also in that group. That's right. why. So, you know, and that's why I laugh. I see Jason Chavitz on Chavitz oh, yeah. on Fox News now, and I just laugh out loud because here was a guy who was all behind the Mueller investigation, promoting the Russiagate uh, conspiracy lie. I guess we can't even call it a hoax anymore. Lie. And now he's out there. I think he even has a book on the subject. Like, oh, we're yeah. supposed to get your history. Um, and then very another disappointing move, obviously, Richard Burr getting kicked off finally as the <clears throat> supposed Republican head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, which we know really is run by Mark Warner and his uh, his lackeys and replacing him with Marco Rubio. It's the same thing. Like, really? And, yeah. Well, you can tell that the chairs of all of these committees, which are very powerful assignments, are all picked for a reason. And the reason is that they're compliant. They're not putting anyone off the reservation on these committees. You have to be on team government power in order to even get a seat like that. That's why it's so amazing what right. Devin Nunez went through is that he actually was kind of a member of that club until it, they turned on him. And he Liz, saw- I'm just gonna say that it really brings into stark relief what Nunez did how tough it was for him to do that, why he was, I mean, attacked. His family was uh, targeted. I mean, Lee Smith goes through it in his book. But it just really uh, underscores, again, how courageous he was to do what he did because it would have been really easy for him to just forget it, right? Well, that's what they all do. That's the point is – they every now and then they make an example out of somebody who colors outside the lines. Mm -hmm. That's what they do with, I think, a lot of these prosecutions and targeting of Trump associates was to set an example, which is that if you support the president and you go work for the president, you're going to get in our crosshairs. And especially with Nunez, it would have been so easy for him to get the message and just be like, OK, Right. I'm going to sit down and shut up. I'm going to be a Trey Gowdy. I'm going to be a Lindsey Graham. But he didn't do that. And especially and that, when you go after your wife and kids. I mean, oh yeah. And his business, they were doing things to his his farms. And right. It, it's terrible. Like his grandmother. I mean, it, you go through that book that Lee yeah. documents because he spent Horrible. a lot of time with Nunes. Uh, I mean, I guess for him, maybe that motivated him even more. But. 99.9% of the people in his shoes would have said, screw this. I well, it, it was also his staff, right? I mean, it wasn't even just Nunez. They went after Cash Patel. They went after Derek Harvey. They that's went right. after his staffers, too. So right. that's the game. And you have to come and be strong or else you just get s sucked into the swamp. That's what that's what Trump means when he talks about the swamp. But there's one Nunez and there's 434 jackasses you know <laughs> right no but right. the, no, the right. number the number of congress elected representatives who will put their foot down to this to the beltway swamp is maybe on one hand 
Yeah, who else did we have? Jim Jordan, and they tried to destroy him. Jordan, well, Meadows kind of did it. DeSantis kind of did it when he was in. Louis Gohmert does it. Um, He's another one. He's really good. There's just, there's just, Matt Gates does it. There's, there's some that do it, but most of them only talk a good game on an election year. They're all actually trained. There's um, an outside nonprofit that, or like PAC kind of that supports the Rhino candidates. Um, and they literally tell them how to sound like a grassroots candidate. So they go out and they talk all the right stuff and people mm-hmm. are like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, you, we agree on that. And then they get in and they're like, Hey, Mitch McConnell, what do I need to do to get a chairmanship? And that happens. They, 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 so they do know they just, there's too much money and there's too many promises made for them to actually do the job that they were elected by their constituents to do. Well, and you've also got this case Let's be fair. You've got really about half of the country who either does not care about this scandal. They feel like it's old news or, as most Democrats feel, this was completely justified. Mike Flynn is a criminal. Carter Page is a criminal. Obviously, Donald Trump and his family are criminals. So whatever Jim Comey and Andy McKay, Peter Strzok, Robert Mueller, whatever they did, was A-OK in service of taking out Donald Trump and anyone related to him. So you still really only have maybe, what, 40% of the country who cares about this, wants to see some kind of justice administered to these perpetrators. Um, But I'm sure that there's a big... You see McConnell, I think he finally just said something, but you watch him talk about this. I think he was interviewed last week. He has no idea the details of this no. case. It's I, like watching Joan. It's like watching Jonah Goldberg try to explain Russiagate. It's so, like, he doesn't oh even get boy, like, that's rough. <laughs> Mitch there McConnell was, is Jonah Goldberg. I mean, basically, that's true. Well, let me tell you a story without using names. Uh-huh. Sort of. Sort of. Oh. So initials, how about nickname? No, no. So um, before impeachment, the impeachment Senate hearing, like the actual hearing was going to happen, there were some friendly woke staffers that were very involved in a lot of the um, research that dug up, like, you know, related to the Intel Committee at the House with Nunez that had figured out a lot of the stuff going on. And they went over to brief the Republican senators before the hearing so that they understood what was what was really going on here. Um, And they knew nothing. They knew absolutely nothing. And it, it sounds weird because you're like, oh, but that was about the Ukraine. Well, it was technically about the Ukraine, but the whole coup by the institutional state is the same it's the same thing that set up the russia hoax and all of these public servants bureaucrats in the resistance it's the same crowd and so when they went and tried to explain this these senators were like are you kidding is this how this happened and you're just like what how what 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 is the point of you 
<laughs> what is the point what of you? What would you say you do here? Yeah. No, that's literally what it is. It was appalling. There was another senator I was on a conference call with, and this was a topic we were coming up, and I could not believe that he did not know just the most fundamental right. elements. Because to be fair, this Russia collusion, I don't know, hoax, fiasco, crime, setup, whatever you want to call it. There are so it's so detailed. There are so many like arms of this octopus of this massive conspiracy in so many different directions, whether you're going down what they did to Manafort, whether you're going down what they did to to Flynn about the setup with the foreign agents, with our working with the foreign countries to spy on American citizens, whether what the the, the fraud involved in getting a FISA warrant, um, the steel dossier, the leaking to the media that coincides with the their various legal moves on the Mueller on the Mueller team. It's so massive. And there's so many details. I find myself forgetting stuff sometimes oh, and being like, Oh yeah. Right. I forgot, I forgot about that footnote on the 800 page report that was released. Um, it, it's hard for people to focus on this when they're actually want to probably just live their own life. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like right. an, it's like a, to 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 get involved in this is like a vocation or a hobby or something. No, it, well, it is. I mean, for the you know, we've covered it. It's kind of an obsession about. And it's funny. I just pulled up an article I wrote two years ago, questioning whether there was a FISA on Mike Flynn. And I'm going through it. And I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm going through it. And even the stuff you write, you forget because I'm thinking now. This is two years ago. And here we are still yeah. with no answer, and we can get into this a little bit, of how they got any information about Mike Flynn's call with Sergey Kislyak, which now is kind of up in the air. We're getting drip drips of information for a long time, but we'll talk about that in a second. But if it, if it wasn't for Rick Rennell, we wouldn't have, just think of like, I know. In the last two months, Rick Rennell, who's like totally rogue off the, you know, not interested in playing the reindeer games, right. just is the one who did this. This because even though, you know, we, we semi like bar, you know, we have we, we like bar in some ways and not in others. I don't think the DOJ would have released this. No, and I think it's circling back to Nunez. It's important to remember who is you know, kind of really in charge, not really in charge. I don't want to take anything away from Rick Grinnell, but Kosh Patel is yeah. the number two over there now. Yeah, I mean, he works, yeah, he works for Grinnell. Talk about getting some revenge. That's got to be sweet. But um, <clears throat> so, but Liz, this article that I brought up linked to an, a letter that Charles Grassley sent to the FBI in February of 2017, asking for the transcript of the call between Kislyak and Flynn over three years ago. A year later, in April of 2018, he sent a follow-up letter asking for this information. It was letter after letter, no follow-up. Um, unfortunately, Jeff Sessions should have been fired as soon as he recused himself. He wasn't Rod Rosenstein should have been fired. I mean, you go through the list of people who were there. Dan Coates should have been fired. He was oh, the yeah, head, yeah. director Useless. of national intelligence. They finally got him out of there. The list of people who Trump should have cleaned house, and you know this better than I do, replaced with people who had that kind of mentality of literally cleaning the swamp, uh, 
draining the slump. Um, it didn't happen. And so, you know, now hopefully we're, we're starting to get drips of information. We're starting to get ideas that maybe Durham is focused on the right people. John Durham, the special the person that Bill Barr tasked with investigating the, the criminal uh, criminals in the Obama administration. You know, maybe he is, right? Maybe he is. But we already know that uh, this is my prediction. Um, the, these these coup people, um, the deep state, they're not stupid. They're very smart. And it, it, it looks like on the one hand, they're reckless. But the question is, did, did they, were they operating in sufficiently murky gray areas where they're not le- they're not criminally liable for anything that you can't get them on crimes you know you can release all this and say this is you know bad judgment this is wrong this isn't the spirit of the law that you know that they managed to worm their way around the regulations but you know are they going to be criminally liable that's the that and and we can say it's wrong and you shouldn't do it but they're operating very carefully to make sure that 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 they aren't criminally liable. I mean, so I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a bunch of mid to low level people that maybe get in trouble. But I don't see how any of the major actors get in trouble. They can say, well, I really did think Flynn was going to pass information on to Kislyak. You know, I did. What do you say to that? You're wrong I mean, and you're I, going to jail. <laughs> you know, Well, I mean, I think that. People have tracked, I mean, lying to Congress, perjury, especially Comey and a lot of his testimony. Um, elite, whoever illegally leaked this classified information about Flynn and Carter Page, keep in mind, we still right. don't know who right. that warrant to the Washington Post in August, uh, April of 2017. Um, but look, Robert Mueller was charging imaginary Russians with this, consp- it's a, yeah. what's the provision that uh, charge? conspiracy to defraud the United States. I mean, if he can go to court with as nebulous as a case as that, then we should be able to do the same. And whether it's, go ahead. No, no. Here's the thing. So Mueller needed to sort of bring a bone home to, to, you know, he had to bring a bone. (laughs) So he indicted all of these. Yeah, exactly. These Russian entities he knew were never going to show up for trial, although that didn't go exactly the way he thought. But that 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 was the thinking. Right. Is they're going to haul all all these foreign entities in with with and file papers and whether or not he had legitimate case was never going to be challenged because these people were never going to come. They're not going to be like, oh, got to leave Moscow and go to D.C. from a big trial. No, they're like, no, they're like pound sand. So so what Mueller did, and it wasn't really Mueller, it was Weissman and his, you know, it was the Mueller was kind of like a mascot or something. The actual lawyers involved in in the special counsel, they they this was a show. They weren't interested in bringing to justice people that had done wrong things. They were interested in making a show and, um, you know, and and setting out sort of the line, which is that. This is, we have a lot of power and we're going to use it to make your life miserable, which they did to other people as well. So right. the I don't think 
bar or Durham, a serious jurist, a serious lawyer isn't going to go do something like that because they're not a clown, right? They're not playing a political game. What the Mueller investigation and all his lawyers, that wasn't a legal or criminal enterprise. That was that was that was a political information operation. So a real attorney isn't going to waste their time doing something stupid like that because they're not vindictive. They're not in it to make a political point, which unfortunately for me, I want to see that. I want to see these people punished. I don't care if it's, you know, a silly case. I want them to get bankrupted. I want their door to be kicked in at midnight. I want all these things to happen. So, you know, that's kind of, um, well, the political retribution would have been the theater of public hearings in the Senate, right? That would have been, if you can't exact any kind of criminal charges, then at least you can humiliate and embarrass these people in public, which they didn't do, right? So Lindsey Graham's first excuse was, we're going to wait for the Horowitz report. Then the Horowitz report came out. Now he's saying, we're going to wait for the Durham investigation. So once again, abdicating their power without calling these freaks Every single one of them spending literally weeks interrogating, throwing their words back in their face from testimony that they had, news, you know, interviews that they gave, excerpts from their books, um, you know, confronting Jim Comey about his admission, how he ambushed Mike Flynn and bypassed White House protocol to surprise him, pretend that Peter Strzok was his friend instead of his enemy looking for, you know, a way to frame him. So that opportunity largely has been lost. And I think Graham knows that. And we'll see he's promising hearings in June. But that is the political retribution, aside from the legal aspect of it, that I think is so unfulfilling to people like us. Well, also, the the other side of it is that we were we were never going to be fully able to pull off the same level of display that the Democrats do because we don't have the cooperation of the media the way the Democrats and the left does. So even if we had done that and put out Peter Strzok and asked them really hard questions and didn't wait two years to release a transcript of all the incriminating things they said under under oath but lied about in the media to give it the opposite picture. The fact is that the media would always cover for them and they would it wouldn't they would never be put on trial the way a Flynn or a Manafort or a, Par- a Carter Page or a Papadopoulos was put on trial in the media. And the example that we have from that is what happened with Biden. And when we had Masha Yovanovitch and literally right. like this parade of deep state diplomat assholes from minted at Georgetown parading <laughs> around looking down their nose at the filthy masses. Right. That is they were elevated up as heroes, even though you they were hate. They were viscerally d- despicable, you know, just listening and watching to them talk with their haughty words mm-hmm. and their sneering tones. And but they were they were not demonized. They were held up. So no matter what happens in this hearing, alleged hearing. Right. You no know, alleged hearing. We may they may all of a sudden have to lock the Senate down for the pandemic again for another two weeks or two years or whatever so we doesn't happen it's still not going to be it's not going to be at that level where they are scrutinized and and evaluated and and called on their on their crop it's just it's just not going to happen and the reason is that for some 
for some inexplicable reason, the right or the MAGA movement, however you want to call it, they still use the mainstream corporate media as as a standard to measure themselves by. You know, right. oh, I want to get the story in the New York Times. Why? I, 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 don't, recognize, I don't recognize fake. them as legitimate. So why? But but they do that. And that's the goal. Oh, we want to get in the New York Times. Oh, we want to get this piece in the Washington Post. Who cares? I agree with you, Liz, and I see a lot of people on our side wasting time calling out. And I've I've written. A, we all have done it. it We've yeah. all done it. But at this point, to call out the New York Times, CNN, the Washington Post for fraudulent coverage about anything related to Obamagate. Right. So now their mission is to downplay this as political retribution. It's not a legitimate story. It's a conspiracy theory. Their whole thing. The bottom line is their readers and their viewers don't care. They don't want facts. They don't want the truth. So why are we wasting our time calling out the New York Times or Post or CNN for their lousy coverage? That They're feeding their audience, right? right. Their audience yeah. could not explain. Their audience is like an audience of Jonah Goldberg's. I love using that comparison. <laughs> But it would be like trying to explain to Jonah Goldberg the de- or the basics of Russiagate, right? They have no, they don't know and they don't want to know. That's why they read the New York Times well, and the, the, listen to the spin of, you know, Adam Goldman or, you know, Adam Enthaus or whoever it is. That's yeah. what they want to hear. Well, right. And that's why you see the New York Times changing their headlines to appease their <laughs> readers and and. I agree. I agree with you. I don't really take them seriously. And now in hindsight, as more information does come out about this, we can go back and look at how wrong. I mean, we've already gotten a lot of information that shows this, but the more information that comes out, the more we can go back at the time and see how very wrong they were. And let me give you just an an example of the media insanity, and this isn't actually related to the Russia hoax, but it's just a fascinating, it's just a very stark example of something I noticed. So we all know that um, we're kind of switching slight gears here to the coronavirus, Chinese virus. So Ron DeSantis was absolutely just dragged through the mud because he didn't want to shut his state down like that garbage pit of New York. And The the problem was that Florida had been quite successful in battling the Chinese virus. They did not have the levels of hospitalizations, the crisis in their healthcare system with being overloaded, and they didn't have the deaths. And we all know Florida has an older population too, because all of the New Yorkers go to spend a lot of time in Florida when it gets cold in New York. And it's a place where people go to retire. And yet Florida, who didn't totally shut down and they 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 were doing really good. And the media kept saying, you have blood on your hands, DeSantis, all this stuff. So after it continued that we didn't see the bodies piling up in Florida, the narrative changed to they're lying about the numbers. And right. so there was a, I, I don't even want to say whistleblower. Some lady came forward and said she was being prevented from putting out the true numbers and the media just lapped this up because this is their fantasy right they're like oh we knew it there's dead people everywhere and you're just hiding it so off they went to the races with this lady I can't remember her name 
and they just ran with her allegations. She had been prevented from putting up the the true and accurate numbers. And then we later learn, okay, so there's, so there's that. And then we later learn that she's not a scientist. She's basically like a web monkey who puts data in. She's not a scientist. She didn't do what the scientists said. And she has a rather extensive felony, felonious background. (laughs) So, so again, where there's no research, did anyone think to just check this chick out? She's a degree in journalism and geology. So, or geography or not something. Not that a degree in journalism is a bad thing. No, but, but I mean, she's not no. a scientist. She's not an epidemiologist. She wasn't like, this. you know, this That's is my right. trade. And I'm being prevented. So there's right. that. Now, here's another story. I read, this was in a local paper. I think it was in Min- somewhere in the Midwest. That there's a woman who has lupus and was on hydrochloroquine and got the virus. Now, how long and hard did the media have to go to find this unicorn? So on the one hand, there's this lady, right, that they managed to find right. with this unicorn situation. They dug into that. And then on the other, there's literally a basically a cyber-stalking felonist who isn't even a scientist but was on the front page of every major newspaper unquestioned. That's, <laughs> that's the so, treatment. That's right. the treatment that people who aren't – in, in you know on board with the institutional left's agenda that's a treatment they get and the whole idea and as you know this liz i've been down in southwestern florida for basically the past two months with my family luckily we have a place here and we escape uh <laughs> my home state of illinois chicago suburbs which have been locked down since the middle of march but at any rate aside from the fact that desantis was late in issuing his stay-at-home order and only did it after Donald Trump called him and basically told him to do that. It has been a pretty lax stay-at-home order, right? So, I mean, I've been here. I've been shopping. um, There isn't any mask requirement. You know, I'm anti-mask, so I don't wear (laughs) one. Uh, The golf courses have been open. You know, some of the beaches stayed open. And it, it felt like maybe... 40, 30% normal because, of course, the restaurants were shut down, but you could still get takeout. But at any rate, people were out jogging, doing whatever, flying off the sidewalk if you got in their way, you know, six feet, which was weird. But even that is starting to calm down here. So it was never even in this lockdown position that New York, New Jersey, Illinois have been in. And there are fewer deaths here than in the entire borough of Queens, which has 10 times the population of the state of Florida. But Ron DeSantis has been just vilified by the national press while a clown idiot like Andrew Cuomo has like 80 percent approval rating and gives these ludicrous stream of consciousness press conferences every day. And in the meantime, let thousands of helpless vulnerable seniors die in his nursing home based on his own policy. Um, And so Ron DeSantis finally fought back yesterday. I think you have the clip and it was glorious to watch. Oh, yes. Let me let's play the clip now. Our data is available. Our data is transparent. In fact, Dr. Burks has talked multiple times about how Florida has the absolute best data. So any insinuation otherwise is just typical partisan narrative trying to be spun 
And part of the reason is that because you got a lot of people in your profession who waxed poetically for weeks and weeks about how Florida was going to be just like New York. Wait two weeks, Florida's going to be next. Just like Italy, wait two weeks. Well, hell, we're eight weeks away from that, and it hasn't happened. Not only do we have a lower death rate, well, we have way lower deaths generally, we have a lower death rate than the Acela quarter, D.C., everyone up there. We have a lower death rate than the Midwest, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. But even in our region, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida has the lower death rate. And I was the number one landing spot from tens of thousands of people leaving the number one hot zone in the world to come to my state. So we've succeeded, and I think that people just don't want to recognize it because it challenges their narrative, it challenges their assumption. So they got to try to find a boogeyman. Maybe it's that there are black helicopters circling the Department of Health. If you believe that, um, I got a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Boy, he's had that pen up for a few weeks. He deserved that. Yeah. And Mike, Mike Pence was standing there. I swear to God, someone needs to do a coffee table book of Mike Pence's, like, his straight man poses when he's standing next to some raging politician, usually Donald Trump, because he just has the same look on his face, and it's pretty funny. Definitely. You could see I, I don't really know how to read him. It like he's trying to like a typical politician not to have a tell, you know, like where his eyes bug out. And he's like, whoa, or, you know, what? What's happening? You know, he just tries to be straight. But uh, honestly, he's perfected that during the Trump era, no doubt, because he totally has to keep a straight face because you really don't know what's going to come out of Trump's mouth. And you know, I mean, did anyone get a look on his face when he started talking about how we, if we could bring the disinfectants into the body, that press conference, <laughs> even even poor Deborah Burke, who, you know, she had a difficulty, like, you know, just kind of not giving out right. a what type thing. So, yes, but let's go back to DeSantis. But, yes, Ron DeSantis has gotten, like, just the worst media edit Ever. And the sad thing is he is really one, the big hero of this, I think, of this uh, virus panic. Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, I was watched. I've been watching him since early on. And he was he was pretty shaky at coming out of this. OK. Um, and so his press conferences, his presentations, he did not exude the kind of arrogance that an Andrew Cuomo does, which is part of his charm, Ron DeSantis, but he was caught a little flat-footed on this. And one thing that happened, I think that, uh, well, it's not catching up with him now, but was a bigger problem, is the Florida unemployment system was completely overwhelmed, right? So when he shut everything down, I mean, people were online for 12 or 14 hours to try to apply for unemployment only to have the system crash. Then they had to pass out paper applications. There were lines, you know, for blocks of people trying because the unemployment rate in Florida is about, you know, less than 3%. So they were not ready to handle this huge uh, influx of, of claims. Um, so he was he was shaky at first. I, I, I was surprised to watch him. 
uh, how he handled the media and presented everything. But I think now that he's opening up, you know, he did it very incrementally too. So this week is basically 50% occupancy at restaurants, stores are opening up, you know, you could see a lot more traffic and activity. Um, so I think he's finally found his footing and this was a big moment for him and, and well-deserved. Well, just to, um, I'm going to give him some slack and here at first, and here's why. So in the beginning of this, nobody really knew what they were dealing with. Um, we'd seen, we, we didn't get a lot of help from China and we just saw horrible scenes from what was going on in Italy. And so nobody really knew exactly what we were dealing with as this was like a novel thing. And the difference between a DeSantis and a Cuomo at the beginning is that Andrew Cuomo was never going to be held accountable for anything he did because he's a lefty. But Ron DeSantis was absolutely going to be held accountable for (laughs) any mistakes he made and even mistakes he didn't make. So I think that that's one of the reasons that the Republicans in general are much more cautious than the Democrats because it'll just get covered. I mean, look at Joe Biden. The man, the guy is in like middle to late stages dementia and the media is just letting him get a pass on that entirely. And right. as you know, we have people that are like, why aren't you wearing a mask to President Trump in the press conferences still to this day? Why are you taking hydrochloroquine? The, 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 the right and the people, you know, Republican elected officials are going to be held seriously to account, whereas a Cuomo and this Whitmer and all these other Democrat clowns around the country are n- are going to be given a hero's edit every single time. You're right. And I mean, the Florida media down here, too, just the Miami Herald. They hate him. They have been just brutal to DeSantis and, um, you know, now covering up for this hack who is in charge. And I will say, as somebody who looked at a lot of the data, Florida's dashboard was so detailed um, and explicit and updated regularly. If you compare that to New York's, there's no comparison. I mean, he they really did a good job of tracking who had it, where they were from, if they had traveled. It's a, it's a lengthy dashboard versus New York's, where basically you just have to look how many nursing home people, poor residents in nursing homes have died. And it's like, you know, taking up towards half at least. But um, so it was good to see DeSantis pull a little Trump there. Uh, I'd like to see more of it. Like I said, I think he's found his footing. It'd be nice to see some of these other governors stand up. Um, and But just think know. about, think about, the Trump example, right? For so long, the Democrats have had a monopoly on steamrolling because they've had the media, the activist media on their side. They've been able to control the right because the right just, these Republican elected officials just roll over really quick. They don't put up a fight. They don't, you know, they don't really, they they, they go along. They they kowtow, they show their belly right away. Um, And so, when you have someone like Trump that doesn't take it, look at what was done to Trump. You know, who in their right mind is going to sign up for that? You know, we're right. lucky that Trump is, it was so independent. You know, he didn't have a political track record. He hadn't made promises and deals with political forces throughout his career. 
And, you know, he had enough money to tell people to basically fuck off, right? He doesn't need their money. If the NRSC or NRCC isn't going to fundraise for them, he can say, go fuck off. And But how many people are in that position and at the same time don't care? That you know that right. that that's the point of this is the punishment, the process is the punishment. So I I am somewhat sympathetic to people who are like, yeah, no thanks. I you know I don't I'm I'm right. worried that everything I do is going to be examined under a microscope, and I don't want my life ruined. I don't want my family ruined. Like they've tried to ruin Trump's family, you know. So. Right. It's a different standard, and I so I am a little sympathetic. I do I do get it, I do get right. it. So no, it's true. And I mean, I was kind of critical of DeSantis at first, just because, you know, just being here and seeing what was happening, and all these people who were here and the beachgoers, and I mean, everyone here should have been in, uh, infected, right? Based on what he was just saying, is you've had tens of thousands of tourists here in Florida for months, really, um, without any hot spots outside of Miami-Dade for a variety of reasons. But anyway, it's good to see him find his footing. Um, you know, he is a potential 2024 presidential candidate without a doubt. He's got a great resume. Um, and so, uh, and, he, and also, he had a, his wife, had they had a new baby, like, a month or so ago. So as oh, all yeah. this down, you know, they add a new baby to the to their family. And he kind of was, you could tell, getting a little choked up talking about how his own parents hadn't even seen the baby yet. I think the new baby was four or five weeks old. So he, they ha- he had a lot going on, but this is good exercise for him because anybody who wants to follow Trump after the White House, you're going to have to be a lot like Trump because we're not going back to the days of the Mitt Romney-ish, squishy, uh, you know, George Bush type well, you're not going to win. I mean, you could, we can certainly put someone like that out, but right. they're never going to get into office. So, yeah. so I know. think that was a good starting shot for Ron DeSantis. Well, let's um, hope he doesn't get all Trey Gowdy on us down the line, right? Trey Gowdy, he's he's getting his comeuppance. I loved when Tucker confronted him. Was it last week? Yes. That was great. That was um, when he was like, wait, you said that we should trust Bob Mueller. And, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. I'm. Uh, you know, when, Liz, are you, I'm going to just give a shout out to The Last Dance, which is the uh, ESPN series on the Chicago Bulls three-peat, two three-peats. Um, and as lifelong Chicago, and I remember, you know, most of it in, uh, in detail. But I'll tell you, watching that series, seeing how Michael Jordan became Michael Jordan his leadership, the sacrifices that he had to make. I mean, obviously, he made a ton of money, an international star and hero to so many people, but not without sacrifices along the way. And you could just see how few leaders there are, whether it's politics or sports or in business, um, and really what it takes to do that. And so it's been really illuminating to rewatch that hear him talk about what he did, hear others talk about what he meant to them, um, see some people bash him who shouldn't have bashed him because without Michael Jordan, they wouldn't, no one would know who they are. But anyway, um, if anybody's looking to watch, you know, if they haven't seen it, even if you're not a sports fan, it's still a great uh, series to watch. 
I heard good things about it. I'm de- I'll definitely watch it. Now, <clears throat> I will give a recommendation. Um, is I started watching Money Heist on mm-hmm. Netflix, which apparently is a couple years old, and they just released another season of it, and that's why it was trending. And I was like, oh, what's this? And Money Heist is it's a made in it's Spanish. It's made in Spain. And it takes place in Spain and it's dubbed and the dub, dubbing is not that is, is pretty decent. And it's a great it's a great story. And I think I, I really like to watch movies where there's not stars in it, because I feel right. like the movies that have stars in it don't have to have a plot or they just have CGI with famous people. It's like a video game or something. And it's just a crappy piece of art. But Money Heist is very good it's obviously it's about a bank heist and it's about i think 15 episodes of one hour and it's it's good stuff good acting great plot just a really good watch oh, so good. If, if you're looking for something that's not going to propagandize you and there's no it's not a political <laughs> propaganda it's just a story um it's definitely something that would be good for your weekend binging well i mean people are stuff is opening up so People right. can maybe do things on the weekend. Now, not for Liz, because Liz, Liz lives in Northern Virginia, and Governor Blackface has not opened up Northern Virginia. Um, so I can't really do anything or go anywhere. I'm driving to Maryland on Sunday to shoot Sporting Clay. Um, I have to go to another state to do that because I can't do that here in Virginia. So there's that. Um, yeah. Well, at least you have an escape. That's also, like, people in Illinois – are escaping to Wisconsin after oh, that's the worse. Supreme Court. Yeah, so they have all these pictures of Chicagoans going up to the brat shop in Wisconsin, which is an awesome place, by the way, uh, but right over the border. And so um, people are escaping there in Indiana. And I heard somewhere that they were going to start trying to monitor the borders. Like, oh, anyway. oh wait, are you going to build a wall? Wait, you can't cross into the border? The Democrat governor doesn't want people coming from across the border? Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Your sanctuary sure. state and city, Chicago's sanctuary city. Uh, so you have to stay trapped there. But um, our Illinois, luckily, is starting to open up towards the end of next week, the 29th. So well, that's when we're supposed to we're supposed to open up too. But you know, we've been we've had the <clears throat> football yanked away from us before. We we're supposed to open up last week. So well, speaking of football, and it also looks like. The sports team's owners are trying to figure out a way to bring the much-needed distraction of professional sports back. I personally would like to see golf back. There was a little tournament without audiences on Sunday. Ricky Fowler and um, Rory McIlroy. Uh, uh, so anyway, that was good. But um, they're trying to do that. Also good news on the college front. It looks like my daughter attends uh, Syracuse. They just announced that they're going to be going back in class, in-person classes, the end of August, but a, but uh, sending everybody home for Thanksgiving break and doing online finals after that. So they won't be really returning to campus till January. It looks like that's what is going to be the deal for colleges, which is good news. Well, at least we're moving in the right direction. I mean, once once we get President Biden, this is all going to go away. (laughs) So as I've said repeatedly, that's the cure for the Chinese virus is President Biden. It will get memory hold. So, well, that's our hour 
And thank you for for spending that hour with us. We'll be back next Friday. See you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.